In the shadow of the most powerful city in the world, the Capital Golf Gang is on the air with instructor John Ronis from the Ronis Academy at River Creek, executive director of the Middle Atlantic PGA, John Gould, and now your host in Washington, D.C., Steve Zabin. It is the Capital Golf Gang as we are now fully into Ryder Cup season. We are all remote today. But it's myself, John Rodas, and John Gould, a crisp threesome to talk about what everyone's talking about. Justin Thomas has made the team. Boys, good yeah. morning. How are we doing this week? We've got plenty to chat about, don't we? We do. Sure do. I guess people said it wasn't a surprise, right, that Justin Thomas was added. But well, I- I'm still not okay with it surprise or not this one rubs me the wrong way i'm gonna let you mr rona start whether you want to defend the pick or criticize the pick and go deeper into it then ghoul you'll have your turn i'm betting cleanup because i have thoughts i have lots and lots of thoughts on this so mr rona's uh the tea is yours swing away well you know what uniquely i walked around nine holes up personally close with three of those rider cuppers at the u.s open which was? Right. That was JT, Spieth, and Fowler. And? and was on the fairway. And? and Spieth hits the ball so bad, it's <laughs> unbelievable. How, it, Come it's on. Fascinating. fascinating. Fascinating, Zabe, how bad he hits the ball. Compared J- to other tour players. Uh, compared to a, a, a club champion. Wow. Right? Yeah. How has uh, he had such success? It, How did he qualify on his own this year? He's got a great short game, and then I think he occasionally puts a ball in play on a round or something. But if you take a look at four rounds in a row for Spieth, it's pretty rare. So, you know, he almost has to get a little bit lucky to win a tournament. It's, it's, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. It is some, some shots that you're just like, wow, it's, that's just not a tour player. JT, he hits the ball you know, beautifully and it goes far and all the other stuff. It's just, it doesn't look like it's in complete control. Fowler looked really good when, when we walked with him and played with him. Um, but if you're talking about putting together JT and Spieth, whoo, that's trouble. And well, I got him. Yeah. That, that was selected. Well, that's part of it. So basically they're buddies and that was a big factor. You want camaraderie. This is one thing that, Ghoul, the PG of America, your organization that runs this event, has focused on, which is we need chemistry. We need guys to be bought in with each other. So why then not pick guys who are friends with guys who have qualified, a la Sam Burns, who's tight with Scotty Scheffler? Yeah, the, the friends thing, I think, is, is, is an angle. And, and I think, you know, if you asked me, I wouldn't have picked JT, and I'm a JT homer. Uh, but I see why they did it, and kind of along the same line that you just mentioned, Zabe, is we when the Europeans were whipping us all those years in a row, the, the number one thing is, well, those guys travel together and they eat dinner together all the time. That's what makes them – we're more talented. We have higher world golf rankings than they do, but they beat our ass every time because they want it for each other. So the moment we go off track, off the list. We went all the way down to 14 or whatever it was, or no, what was JT, 15 on the list? Might have we, been go, we, we go off the list and all of a sudden it's an old boys network. Everybody's, uh, it's just because they're friends. And I just, we were losing the other way. And we said, let's focus on making a team and not necessarily a collection of the best players. And the minute they vary from the collection of best players, everybody's up in arms. So. You know, and we talked about it last week. One last comment before I let you go, Zabe. We we have a captain every two years, and the the reason why we pick a captain is to let put that let them put their spin on it, their angle on how they want to do it, and they certainly consult with past captains and all that stuff. We put it in his lap, you know, and and so Zach is going to have to stand for it. If they if JT blows it and they lose, then that's Zach's issue. But otherwise, why not just take the top twenty off the twelve of the list, and you and I could captain? It's it's you know that's that's the the throwback I would say against the people who are just really pissed. Well, for the record, there was not even captains' picks in this event until what year? Nineteen eighty-eight, I want to say. And when it was two, three. 
Uh, something like that. Then there was uh, only two captain's picks. For a long time. Until just recently that the six captain's pick was a was a COVID thing because everyone's schedules thrown up in the air, so you had to really kind of do a lot of hand cooking of the team. Don't and forget it, about the task force, right? This was the task force that Phil Mickelson was a member of, remember? No, he was, so. and as was Spieth and I believe Justin Thomas. Yes. Um, but the, the six picks, I think, you'll have to tell me, is going to stay, Correct. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that the, it once again it puts more on the shoulders of the captain. And interestingly, if if they would have had three picks, we probably would have had the same the same team yeah. uh, because you know three were on and three were like almost right next right seven eight. I think we skipped nine, so seven eight ten, sure. something like that. Um, yeah, I, I think it's there to stay because once again they they want the captain to have some. You know, whether you like it or not, they're going to be responsible for the the makeup of the team and the win and loss. And the fight is JT does have quite a good Ryder Cup record. Now, of course, some of those are with a partner, but his singles record is very, very good. So when you take a look at that, you can you can back up. You can see it. The pick. You can see why they did it. And I'm still waiting to get Zabe's thoughts. But, you know, I remember having this conversation I don't know if it was two years ago or four years ago on the show said, what I love about our team as it was made up was we finally had guys like JT and, and some others that had the passion and the fire to fight Poulter and all those, all those guys on the European team that just lived for the Ryder cup. And our guys were individual corporations that were just living for the check. So we loved that two to four years ago. And now we're saying, yeah, but we don't need that. We're better. Let's just take a better player. That guy having a better year. Yeah, I'm just mentally scribbling all these notes down. I'm I'm just starting to seethe and seethe every more a, a little bit more all the time. And not that I'm mad at you guys. I mean, you're making good points, defensible points. But my take is simply this: it's supposed to be an exhibition. See, when you clap like this, that means Me you're more. making a great point. You clap your yeah. point home. Samuel Ryder, seed salesman, stood this thing up 100-plus years ago. Is it 100? Coming up on it, right? Yeah, 1929, something like that. Yeah, 29. Thank you. This is supposed to be an exhibition. He, he, He stood it up to create interest and to promote the game of golf. This whole thing, at least on our side of it, went way off into the woods for the stretch where we couldn't win it. God forbid we couldn't win a team yep. event that depends on quixotic match play in a tiny, limited number of, of matches. We got to now put a task force together. The task force has been the worst idea, it, maybe in the history of golf. Almost as bad. I just I, I hate it. It's a task force. We got to win. Yeah, we would like to win. We're going to try to win. The Ryder Cup should be, and I'm ready to get rid of all captain's picks, it should be a reward for the 12 most deserving players based on their play for a period of time that we can mutually agree upon is relevant based on a point system that makes sense and weights the majors. That's what it should be. None of this captain's picks. None of this, well, we got to let the cat, you know, the captain's got to have his fingers on the team because it's going to ride on him. It's an exhibition. You are now at the point where certain guys, if they're not rah-rah guys like Cam Young, who seems kind of dour and smolders like a semi-active volcano on most days, he'll never make the team unless he's in the top six. The top six. That's a hard list to get to. That's and, what Keegan just said, too. I guess I'm going to have to make top six next year. Right. And Keegan's not a dour, seething personality. He's every bit as Captain America as Justin Thomas. But he's a little he's bit older. weird. And he's a little... I mean, remember when he got in Angel Jimenez's face at the yeah. President's Cup over a rules dispute? Epic, right? So even though Keegan Bradley's never been my guy, per se, him being left out was a complete farce and an outrage. These appearances can change a player's career and their golf life. I look at David Duvall. David Duvall, prior to the 99 Ryder Cup, 
was one of the guys bitching and moaning about, we don't get paid any money for this. It was just an exhibition. Oh, uh, you know, uh, they finally got some money to go to charity after they yep. complained enough. He definitely downplayed it. That was David Duvall's brand as a player. How did the 99 Ryder Cup end? With David Duvall shirt untucked, having packed Yarmo Sandlin tightly into a cardboard box and duct taped it shut. Absolutely live in the moment, spraying the champagne. He would go on to be a great commentator on Golf Channel. I don't know why he's not there anymore. They don't hire anybody. I guess they've budget cuts or maybe Duvall didn't want to do it anymore. He became a super likable guy. I refuse to believe that the Ryder Cup experience did not help lead to that transformation. And I believe it would do the same for a number of other golfers who get to be on the team. You know, you get Cameron Young on the team and you realize, okay, he's not just a bearded, dour, sour puss. puss. He's a great dude. And he could have a great week and be the hero. But it's a boys club. And you get quotes like this from Zach Johnson. And he can't putt. And he can't putt. Other than that. Yeah, okay. A lot of us but- have. Sid, neither can Scheffler. Scheffler can't putt either. God forbid the Ryder Cup comes down to a putt and Scheffler's over it. We're cooked. But here, this is what it comes down to. You get Zach Johnson saying, Thomas has been, without question, the heart and soul of Team USA, our emotional leader. He leads by example. His passion for the Ryder Cup is very evident. In my mind, he was born for this. You just don't leave JT at home. What, what, what is this? Is this home alone? Is he Macaulay Culkin? He, he's playing terrible. He doesn't deserve to be on the team. Yes, you leave him home. We're not going to send him out to an island to starve and die and take all his golf clubs away. He's just not going to make the team. All this talk about born for this, leads by example, heart and soul, it reeks of privilege. The privilege of being in the club with the boys, playing the political games. I'm sick of it. Take the 12 guys who are the best 12 on a given cycle and go with it and let it be an exhibition. You win, you lose, you crush, you get crushed. It doesn't matter. Am I ranting now? I'm ranting. I told you I had a lot pent up in me on this. And I well, blame and I blame Brett Wetterick for breaking it all. I blame Riley Davis, who didn't want to go out after having a great round because he said he was tired at Oakland Hills. Or Davis Riley, uh, that kid who was a nice kid, good player. Two first names, whatever it was. Whatever, yeah. I blame Fred Funk for being on that team because the point system was whacked. Whoever designed the point system was dumb. Oh, it's a two-year running thing, and we wait this, wait that. No. Get the point system right. Take the top 12. Leave the politics out of it. And if any captain is afraid, well, I don't have my hand in it. I can't pick my guys, and it's going to be on my reputation if I don't win this exhibition, then don't captain. We'll get somebody else. Europe did because Stenson went to the live. Okay, I'm screaming now. I'm going to – I need a paper bag. Okay, right. I've said talk- my piece. I've said my piece. Let me talk you down for just a second. Your premise, I was an English major, Zabe, so every word means a lot to me. And so I listened to you, and now yes. I'm going to read. Your premise is that it's an exhibition. Yes. Your secondary points were the Duval and how it could change lives if you get put on this team because it's a top 12 and you earned your spot. But would it mean anything if it was an exhibition? Would the emotions come out? And would you get the reaction of a Duvalian robot that we all thought he was that all of a sudden had his six-inch arms up over his head? (laughs) Yes. Yes, it would would still mean as much because once you put the peg in the ground, as you guys know as golfers, it matters. Whether you're playing Not if you're treating it as exhibition and you don't care if you win. You're just playing for your – you're not playing for your country anymore. You're playing for It's not that I want him to show up drunk and not try. It's I'm so saying, un-American yeah. to not not try to win. You're just saying, they, hey, don't try to win. Don't try to bring your best team. There's just a balance. There's a balance between trying your best to win and putting winning above everything else. They've put winning this thing above everything else. Who's the best guys for this year's team? Nobody knows because golf is the most undecipherable sport on the planet. We all know that. Whoever's and it's playing six weeks, 
it's six weeks after we named the team. They could all hit cold streaks. They could yeah, all be weeks. ice cold by then. It, so that's he, part of my reason why you can't say, well, you know, Brooks Kepka deserves to be on the on the team. He's one of the ten best players in the world. Maybe for this week, but he but change of diapers. You know, this game may stink over there. I don't know how many balls he's hitting today. But if you bring anything where there's a win and a loss, only a win or a loss, you better put all your eggs in one okay. basket. All right. You- all right. Let me go there. How about we make 12 captain's picks? Make it all an invite. What's wrong with be that? The same team. Go ahead. If it would be the same team. That's fine. You sure? Uh, yes. I'm, I'm positive it'd be the same I'm, team. I- same team. There's no one in that top six that would be out. Yep. This cycle, but there'll be future cycles. The captains abuse this, and they have ever since they've had a pick in their pocket. I'll never forget Lanny Watkins at Oak Hill in 95 taking his Wake Forest buddy, Curtis Strange, Curtis. Who, yep. who hadn't won in like six years. Yep. And when the pressure was on, he popped one up on 18 and lost to Seve like yep. a hack. I'm like, that was dumb. Why'd you do that? He's my buddy. So you cared if they won or lost back then? I cared that they took a guy who didn't deserve to be on the team. Take 12 guys who deserve it, who play their way on. See, this is this gets deep with me, boys. This goes back to Langley High School golf team. All right? Oh, no. Yeah. Here comes another therapy session for Sade. This goes back to Langley High School golf team when – I made the team as a sophomore because I was able to shoot 80, which was an incredibly low round for me. It felt like 60, basically, in tryouts as a sophomore, and I was over the moon. And I didn't have great rounds on the other two rounds, but they were good enough, and I made the team because you know how they decided the team? By scores! If it was a club system, if it was the coach picking people, I would have been out. I was the only kid that didn't belong to Riverbend Country Club, Ronus. Okay? I was on the mean streets of Herndon Centennial and Reston National. So this cuts deep for me. Take the 12 guys that are best qualified based on points, and the system just needs to be reformed. That's all. You know, they should weight the majors. It should be, if you make the cut in all four majors, that should be an automatic berth in the Ryder Cup, in a Ryder Cup year. And don't say, what about the years there's no Ryder Cup? then we're not counting Ryder Cup points. Two years is too far back. That year will be a qualification for the President's Cup. Let me ask you this. Wyndham Clark finishes second in the U.S. Open. If Do he does, he didn't. In the he Ryder- won. Do you even consider him on the Ryder Cup team? If he finishes second? Yeah. yeah. Do you even consider him? I. What else has he done this year? Correct. Nothing. He's he automatically qualified in the top six just because of that one major win. Yeah, the the, the majors are weighted to to your questions, Dave. They, they are weighted, and then the, this year is weighted more than than the the, the second year, the, the year before. Which I'm cool with that, but the two year cycle's stupid. And then at the same time, like you said last show, Zabe, the, the all star the uh, uh, the the all star team, I guess for the the major league baseball is basically three months. And they yeah, pick it. half a season. It is, and that's and that's arguably too short. So, but, but, one year, but for the Ryder Cup, you would have a full year. Yeah, and I think the major should be slightly right more slightly. But, not, but if you sure. if you make the cut in all four, that should unlock like a, a pinball bonus, like ding 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 ding, because that means you were there. First of all, qualifying for all four is not easy unto itself, right? Right. I mean, Masters, kind of take- short field, uh, U.S. Open, you got to get in. I mean, it ain't easy. So there's ways to do it. The point system, you'd have to bear down, get a bunch of spreadsheets, order pizza, order coffee, order beer, spend all night. You dial it in. You run simulations based on past years. We're going to keep the Brett Wetterick's out of this thing. No offense to Brett. Probably a nice guy. Is he still golf? I don't know. Doesn't matter. <laughs> get the best guys that year and let it be an exhibition that you care about, an exhibition John Gould, that you do want to win. An exhibition that, yes, you're going to try really hard, and if you chub a chip like Hunter Mahan on the last hole, you're going to cry, and that's okay. Trying and crying will still happen, whether you take the top 12 off a point system or whether it's the buddy system. Oh, I have a side rant as well. Fred Couples, he's an assistant captain again, right? Permanent assistant captain. Okay. Question. Why? What, are we out of guys that want to ride around in a golf cart and get sweet logo gear? 
and spend a week in some nice place hanging out with people? I mean, Fred's done this a billion times. We got yep. nobody else that wants to do it. Again, everybody old, loves him. I love him too. Guess where I want to love him? Not as an assistant. Where's the new blood? Where are the new guys? Where's everyone else? Is like, I'd like to do that, but I guess Fred knows everybody. Do you see what I'm saying here about this club? It's become a damn club. Okay, I'm ready. Well, Fred fills a certain point in golf world of calmness, and he knows the players, and he brings that as as that part of the coach. You also need someone who's going to be a hard ass, and you also need someone who's going to be able to weigh all that, who's the captain. But they find comfort in Fred Couples, so that's why he's there. Now, do we have to find someone else who fills that role? Of course you do, because otherwise you're extinct. Yeah, the, the next few captains should be there. I mean, I, I have a problem there anyway. There are you know, tons of guys, Ronus, that could and would do it. JT Freddie, could be an assistant captain for you. That Give me your fire that way. I'd make Daly an assistant. He'd keep him loose. I'd make Michael Jordan an assistant. Literally, assistant coaches don't have to be golfers, if you ask well, me. Well, that's true, but I, 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 I'm I, going to tell you where I kind of struggle with my own organization with the PGA on this. We have five vice captains. There's only 12 players on a team. Yeah. If you count the captain, we've got we've got one captain per two players. That is way too many. Yeah, I'm with way you. too many. It's idiotic how many. Well, okay. And, again, and yet, that's all because of the tour guys. That not, has nothing to do with the PGA of America. The tour guys say, "I want another vice captain." Right. Or, or Captain Johnson will say, "I need to. I want another vice captain." And then PGA goes, "Well, okay, just cost more money. Cut another player, another person, and his wife to get over to to Italy. All that stuff." My. <laughs> yep. Deep breath. That said, I have no personal animus towards Justin Thomas. I hope he finds it in the next couple of weeks. God help him if he doesn't. God help him if he's in a high-leverage spot. I don't know what his record is, is going to be. It could be good. I bet he'll play, what, three sessions? Not his fault. It's not his yeah. fault he plays poorly. Not God help Justin Thomas. God help Zach Johnson. Justin Thomas was selected. If he plays poorly, he plays poorly. Zach, yeah. Zach Johnson is I, a- I think two or three sessions. I think, you know, he'll certainly play singles. He'll play once on the first session. And if they on the first day, and if he plays okay, they'll play him again the second. If he plays terrible, they'll they'll put him on ice until singles. Uh, do you do you guys think that the captain, the losing captain of the Ryder Cup, gets more blame than he should, less blame, or the right amount, or nobody really cares? I, I think the right amount. They, more they or get, less the right amount, or nobody really cares. Yeah, I, I think it's the right amount. They they get they get some flack for their choices, you know. Why'd you pair Phil and Tiger together, et cetera, for Hal Sutton? Um, who he picked I, on the team. I just think the golf world needed to see that. That was his answer. Yeah. Well, right. But, but in the end, it's how the players play. So I think they get the right amount of. I'll tell you right what, I, that losing captain never forgets it for the rest of their life. It's like a little bit of a curse, a little bit of a nightmare. I, I, I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't want to lose it. Really? Nope. But you'd still take the assignment. Yeah. Yeah, but you try to win, and and you but know sometimes it, sometimes the odds are stacked against you, or circumstances yeah. happen that you can't factor in for. Like when my boy Furick was the captain in France, the course was set up so hard, and for straight hitters, it was the anti Medina, right, or anti uh, Hazeltine, tight, heavy, rough, favored the Europeans, and Tiger Woods showed up literally on zero percent battery from having won the tour championship as a major, you know, this incredible comeback. Remember that he had nothing. He gave him nothing. He had nothing whole week was sideways from the get go. Uh, the Ryder cup that layman's team lost in Ireland. Darren Clark was the karmic inspiration. One of the most magical moments, stepping into that first tee and piping one down the middle of the fairway after losing his wife. There was no way on earth. The Europeans were going to lose that one. Not Tom layman's fault. And God bless Corey Pavin, who let his wife uh, stitch the rain suits in Wales, which caused a leak. <laughs> if it was an exhibition, Clark wouldn't have played. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's not true. It's still an exhibition. That's my point. It, he was a captain's pick. This is. Oh, because there he was a captain's pick that year. No, he wouldn't. Right? He just lost his wife, and if it was an exhibition and didn't move mean anything for his country and the game of golf, he would just said, "You know, I just got too much going on. I'm going to bow out." 
No, it, it, you're missing my point of it being an exhibition. It, it, it's an exhibition that, of course, we're going to keep scoring. It's going to count. And we're going to have a winner and a loser and champagne bass afterwards and a trophy and everything else. It's the point of you've, you've lost the plot as to essentially what it really is. He would still have played. He would have still have said, I want to be there for the guys. Okay. Yeah, but I, I, what, we're, what we're seeing right here is the, Europe, the way the Europeans were doing it when they were kicking our ass is wrong. And the way we just did it is wrong. We need to go back to the way we were doing it when we were getting our ass kicked. Just get the 12 best players, put them out there, doesn't matter what order, and get your ass beat. We were getting our ass kicked because somehow Brett Wetterick and Doug Overton were making the team. <laughs> Despite yeah, a much were, deeper pool they were, of they better were players. Fixed. Our point they were system, fixed. I know. Our point system was jacked and whacked. Well, That's they're the all going to figure that out. I mean, I, I think they played well enough. They they earned the points. I, yes, the point system isn't perfect. They were they that was it. the two year point window system that gave too much credibility for winning the John Deere, and that can be but fixed. We're still in that. that we're still, fixed. and we have the same point system. No, it's been tweaked, hasn't it? it it's been tweaked, but it's essentially the same. It's what a I'm shorter. Is, it's a shorter. It's a shorter run. No, it's still two years. Are yeah. we sure about that? You're with the PJ of America. Life on it, but I'm pretty sure it's two oh, years. Oh, okay. When we come back from break, I will find that answer. And if you're wrong, I will give you all the time to say run left. I was wrong. But I'm telling you, those guys were going to make it anyway. They made it automatically. They were going to make Based it based on anyway. a crummy back of a cocktail napkin point system that wasn't yeah. thought out. Well, it's That's a two year my point. Because Zalatoris is like 26th. He hasn't been yeah. shot this year, so I know it's two yep. years. Yeah. Well, you there get you a little bit. I think it's a little bit longer than two years. Or they de-emphasize. They they definitely turn the volume down on year one, right? But that's the way run. we've been doing it. I'm telling you, Wetterick and Riley uh, would have made it under your system of the twelve po- best point getters. Even if you tweak the system, you can't say every event that Wetterick plays counts less, and every event that somebody they're going to play in the right events to earn the most points, and those guys are going to make it, and that's the problem. You know, you're 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 hearkening back to the good old days that weren't that good. Uh, I guess we're not going to solve this now. Let me just go back to my wrap up on what I was saying. No ill will towards Justin Thomas. I hope he plays great. I like the rest of the. I love the rest of the team, and I'll learn to tolerate dude Kepka because he's on the team. I'm okay right. with that. It's deserved. Hope he hadn't been changing too many diapers. Good for him. I think Europe is going to be absolutely screaming good. All their guys are playing good. They're top heavy. They're going to hide their bottom four. And when the bottom four get out there and start playing, look out. They might be better than you think, right? Who was the Spaniard that uh, took it to one of our guys uh, over at the K Club? Was it the K Club or was it uh, Walton Heath? Ah, I forget. These names come and go. Uh, his, His name was like Watson or something. He was a dentist. Former dentist or something like that. Do you remember that guy? I'll look it up on Wikipedia during the break. But I love the event. I'm excited for it. I cannot justify this Justin Thomas thing. I'm tired of the boys club. It cuts deep with me going back to high school golf golf team. And even though everyone loves Freddie, like seriously, let's move on. We can get other guys in there. This is not a forever appointment, but apparently it is. Okay, let's take a break here. When we come back, boys, a quick nine. Uh, We got a bunch of other stuff to talk about, including Victor Hovland, who had a very profitable 18-day stretch in which he racked up a whole bunch of money. He's a super likable guy, and he fixed his chipping. I want to get into that with something called Spinloft with Dr. Ronis. All right, all that and more straight ahead. It's the Capital Golf Gang here, presented by Golfdom. Today's edition of the Capital Golf Gang is being brought to you exclusively by Golfdom. All the new clubs for 2023 are available at Golfdom now. Callaway's Paradigm line, TaylorMade Stealth 2, the Ping G430, the Titleist TSR Woods, and more. Golfdom is stocking up on some great spring fashions. Come check out the latest from Peter Millar, Holderness and Bourne, RLX, and more, and get custom fit for a new driver or a set of irons in one of their four dedicated bays at Golfdom in Tyson's Corner. Golfdom, live the game in Tyson's, Annapolis now, and soon in Rockville. Now back to the show.
are listening to the Capital Golf Gang, a foursome of men with tight pants, tighter wallets, and vanity handicaps. All right, we're back. Capital Golf Gang virtual edition this week. It's a crisp threesome. Myself, John Ronas, uh, director of golf at River Creek in Leesburg, and John Ronas, executive director of the Mid-Atlantic PGA. During the break there, I did not have time to uh, look up the point system for the Ryder Cup. I'll have, a thorough, I'll have a thorough examination of it for our next episode. I, I was asked by Mr. Gould, like, were you just saying that, or do you like, like, I don't know if you're just getting on a roll there. I believe, people, good, faithful listeners, I believe every word of what I just said, and just as a footnote, not to reopen this wound, Gould's take is it's always been a bit of a boys' club. And I, he mentioned the Lanny thing in 95. And I said, that's fine. I don't disagree with that. My point is the boys' club is out of control. They're causing noise. The police are being called. I'm here, Ronis, to break up the boys' club. Fair enough. I'm here to break it up. I'm the cops. I want it broken up. But that's just me. And a lot of people would hate the way I do things. A lot of people don't like the fact that I don't like music or cigars on the golf course. Sorry, that's just me. Respect my choices. Respect I respect choices. your opinion. I don't know if John Gould does. Oh, no, Gould respects I have no respect for names. I don't think you respect Gould sometimes, Ronis. But that's, that's okay. a that's a lie. You're like that's a lie. <laughs> hey, he was happy when he got my title. Just in the introductions, though, he was he was feeling good, right, Ronis? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. We we got the titles messed up, Zabe. So I'm now executive director of the Mid Atlantic PGA, and Gould's the director. Uh, well, you're both named John. That's the misfortune. Yeah, I'll, doesn't matter. I'll fix we it. I'll fix it in post-production. Um, no. Victor Hovland, Jesus, what a run for the him. Smiling assassin. Smiling assassin, $18 million in eight days. And when asked about, so what you can do with all that money? He's like, well, I live in Stillwater still after going to school at Oklahoma State. So money goes a long way there. And <laughs> this is the phrase I love the best. He said, I'm not exactly spending money out the wazoo. And I Great. said, what what a beautifully Americanized lad this guy is yeah. Yeah. from Denmark. I, I don't know if he actually said it in that response, but one of the things I also heard was, I, I guess I'm getting the extra guacamole at uh, Chipotle, which he did. Well, yeah, he got Chipotle. I don't blame him. Uh, first of all, what else is open on a late <laughs> Sunday night down in Atlanta? Certainly Chick-fil-A is not. They're closed on Sundays. Right. And uh, it's delicious. Good stuff. And he did splurge for the extra queso, so he deserves it. Yeah. So, He's yeah, a man so, of the people. So Victor Hovland, Mr. Ronis, used to be, not only by his own admission, but also provably, statistically, a terrible chipper. Chipper, pitcher, you name it. And I saw a low-light reel of some of his worst chips and pitches from tour that looked not a bit unlike the one I mocked myself for that I had at Harbortown that I put up on my Instagram account. And part of me said, that's wonderful. He's not unlike me. The other part of me said, but he's a tour pro with immense skill in all other areas of the game and doesn't have a regular job. So he had time to fix it. (laughs) Is there, is there hope for me and everyone else as a terrible chipper, given that Victor Hovland went from one of the worst chippers around to a guy who is now deadly. I'll hang up and listen to your answer off the air. Well, yeah, of course, because chipping is is a very simple motion, so it doesn't require anything extraordinary, physical ability or anything like that. But, you know, like we talked about, you have to find the bottom of the swing arc and you have to have a tool that's not going to produce something that's, you know, digging or sliding or whatever you, you want. And um, so that's, I think a lot of it is is he put the emphasis on it of I got to find the right grind. I got to find the right hand position and then match the grind to that, the right bounce on the club. And so what he went to is really the most basic form. I believe if I read the article correctly, the most basic form of just what I call lowercase y, which is just what you would teach the beginner clinic of 22 people of a little weight forward, low hands forward. Your arms form the upper part of the Y and then the lowercase Y is the club shaft Correct. trailing behind the hands at an yeah. angle. Yeah. And then you just maintain that position and let the arms go back and then you turn your belt and club through the shot. And you know, that's a basic beginner shot. Now, again, it gets a leading edge more involved. So from around the green, I don't think there's any reason to vary from that. I really don't. Well, from, okay. From, 
rough. From the fairway, it's a little bit more difficult. What I read was that his coach, Joe Mayo, who I believe is, he was named Golf Digest Best in State. Okay. Not sure what state Joe Mayo teaches in. But Joe Mayo said, you need to increase your spin loft. And what is that? It's the amount of spin you put on your lofted chips and pitches. And he was able to get Hovland going at the ball steeper mm-hmm. and taking more of a divot. They said that when he was at Augusta, they watched him, uh, this writer for Golf Digest, watched him digging up the beautiful, perfect green master's turf around the chipping green with a wedge in his hand, and he just kept hitting these high, lofting, and nicely checking shots because he had figured out a way to steepen his approach, increase his spin loft, which is kind of the opposite of what his full swing is, which they say is more of a sweeping, clipping, shallow swing. Interesting because, you know, these are terms that we've learned from track man and stuff like that. And I thought spin loft was a loft created by spin. And when you're talking about a, a shot that is short, I don't know how you're going to get spin loft. Right. So this, is, the- this is what this guy, Joe Mayo, swears was the key. It's a yeah. metric. A short Spin loft is a shorthand metric teachers use between the difference of the loft of the club at impact and the direction of the club head. Mayo mm-hmm. says it's one of the most important metrics to understand, and he's talked a lot about how crucial it is around the greens. Okay. The lower well, your spin loft, the more ball speed you'll have, and the less backswing, backspin. That's great for long drivers, but not so much around the green. I'll be honest, Mr. Ronas, as I read the article and I saw what they said he was doing, my mind went, oh, God, this is going to – be really bad for a lot of amateurs. Whatever yeah. he, whatever he's doing that his coach has taught him with his skill level is not going to apply to the average weekend guy. All it's going to do is to dig up the areas around the greens. John Gould, get in there on this. Yeah, I'm not Mr. Technical here, but I just need to give him credit for recognizing the problem and working on it. Because as you said, Zabe, he's got not got any other full-time job, but he's got a glaring weakness. And man, when he plays like that, you're just like, who's going to beat this guy? You know, no. And that's Nobody. also what's scary about him on the Ryder Cup team. You know, back to our earlier discussion, he and Rory both playing phenomenal. And if they can hide those lower guys, that they're going to be great. There's another thing about Hovland I love so much, and it's hard to find in today's modern athlete, no matter what the sport is, even a gentleman's game like golf. He plays with joy. I love athletes who can be fierce competitors, who can cut your heart out, but at the end of the day, they still look like they're playing with pure joy because that's what sports is supposed to be. It's part of why I'm such a hopeless Rory stan, that when it's going good for Rory, he has a bounce to his step and a smile on his face. He plays the game with joy. Not everyone's wired that way. I get it. Not everyone can be. Some people fuel off of a scowl and a narrowed glint, but the joyful athlete like Hovland is, is one I root for all the time. He loves the game. He, after it was either the Memorial victory or something like that, he flew home and played like 36 holes and carried his bag with his buddies. We also caddied after yeah, for the US Open qualifier, the US Open qualifier yep. after he the cad- Masters. Yeah. And so th- this guy loves the game. He loves the game of golf. And um, shoot, I mean, that's he's limiting his distractions because he loves the game so much that nothing nothing gets in the way of the game. And it isn't like this driven, driven for this, for that. He just loves what he's doing. And he's a superstar. There's no question about it. He's highly marketable. You know, he's he's English speaking, yet not American. He's He is highly, highly marketable. And I, I enjoy watching him play. But I will say that he does beat He's that guy that beats a few of our guys that you you always are like, oh, no, Hovland's in the mix. He's going to beat our Ricky or he's going to beat our Rory or whatever it is. I guess not Rory. He's not American. but Yeah. Also at the Tour Championship, they mentioned at the end of the broadcast about how they're going to tear the place up. Our friend and guy who was on this very program, Andrew Green, hottest redesigner in the game, is going to get on down there and start tearing it up.
As soon as I heard that on the broadcast, I texted Andrew. I go, are you on a bulldozer in the trees off camera somewhere? And he texted me right back saying, LOL. Did say he's going to come on the show, talk about all the projects he's got going. I don't know what you can do with a chorus in the Deep South like that that is wall-to-wall Bermuda. You can't make it Pinehursty. You can't use scrublands. It's hard to kind of create multiple dimensions to what's going on there. If you're not a fan of Bermuda grass, you're just not going to be a fan ever, but nothing else is going to grow down there for the bulk of the summer. I'd be interested to see what he does. Well, it'll be interesting if they're – how old's the golf course? It's not that old, right? The whole thing, Atlanta Athletic Club, has gone through multiple revisions. East Lake. Lake. Sorry, not yeah, not a not AAC. It's not that old. It's thirty, fifty years old. Right. We're bringing it back to the original design kind of mentality. It's going to be, I think, shake it up a lot, and it'll depend on what he decides. They might go with a little bit more of a Pinehurst wasteland area, get the sand base going, roll the turf a little bit, because. Otherwise, what do you have? What do you have down there? It's the south, right? And you're yeah. right. For, and you, you got to water the shit. Yeah, you got to water the grass. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Got to water hey. all the stuff down there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice check swing right there. Okay, yeah. let's let's take a break. When we come back, we'll play a quick nine to close out this week's episode, including thoughts on can the tour championship be improved or does it need to be improved and or fixed in any way? And other small items as we close out this week. Capital Golf Gang presented by Golfdom. We are virtual this week as we head towards the Ryder Cup in a month. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang, Washington, D.C.'s radio golf authority for over 15 years. Today's edition of the Capital Golf Gang is being brought to you exclusively by Golfdom. All the new clubs for 2023 are available at Golfdom now. Callaway's Paradigm line, TaylorMade Stealth 2, the Ping G430, the Titleist TSR Woods, and more. Golfdom is stocking up on some great spring fashions. Come check out the latest from Peter Millar, Holderness and Bourne, RLX, and more, and get custom fit for a new driver or a set of irons in one of their four dedicated bays at Golfdom in Tyson's Corner. Golfdom, live the game in Tyson's, Annapolis now, and soon in Rockville. Now back to the show. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who will knock your lights out if you dare to ask for a gluten-free hot dog at the turn. We are back. Final segment, Capital Golf Gang, presented by Golfton. We are virtual this week, just a threesome. Myself, John Ronis, Director of Instruction at River Creek. Let me get that right, because I messed it up in the open. Ding, ding. Direct- John, John Gould, Dire- Director of Instruction, did I say? Yeah. Yes. Take, All right. Take two. Director of Golf Instruction bottle washing, range picking, and member That's complaints more like at River Creek. That's it. Yeah. John Gould, the executive director of the Middle Atlantic PGA, joins us as well. Did I get that? Yes. Yeah. Okay, you got that one right. All right, boys. All right, let's play a quick nine. Number, hole number one, the Tour Championship fix it. Ooh, I actually think it's really good. Okay. I actually love the staggered start. There's no way I want to go back to trying to figure out who's winning and whose points are doing this. I'm not smart enough for that. So I love the staggered start. And I'm an English major, as I said earlier. Numbers, not good with me. So why it's one stroke, two strokes, three strokes, I don't know. Again, not smart enough to figure that out. But I do enjoy the caveman dumbness of just watching that the winner wins. Okay. What about including a prize for the shadow leaderboard winner? Meaning without the, go- without the start ahead points. So in other words, who played better that week? A bonus for that. So you have a second tournament within a tournament. No? Yes? Well, I think that was what they're trying to avoid is oh. the tournament within the tournament. Um, I wouldn't have a problem with it because I think you someone deserves, you know, you know, credit for playing that way. My problem with the, with this event is not first place because I get that. And, and we do the staggered start. But somehow, John Rahm, who had an unbelievable year and was number one all the way through the, uh, the tour championship, Played bad on Sunday. Well, played bad all whole tournament, but played bad on Sunday. And now he's like 16th on the FedEx points list. 
because it all compresses, not just first place. So he had a bad day, and he and if he finished 16th in the Tour Championship, he's 16th on the FedEx points list. That doesn't make sense. Wait to a minute. His whole year got washed away. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so $18 million for first, and you know, you start cracking it down. Rom got whatever place he finished, 16th place FedEx money. Wow. He should, he should be second at the very least. So there's no points for the FedEx championship. The, the it's, it's just the final, yeah, the final oh experience. Oh, my that, God. So so no wonder why our boy Rory was playing through that back tweak on yeah. day one. He's like, I don't want to be 30th in the FedEx Cup points. Correct. Wow. That's a bit much. Yeah, so I would try to fix that. I think the tour championship ought to be for the first place money only, and then everybody else gets points, and that gets added to their season-long total. And everybody and everybody else finishes that way. That they might fix. I there's people still banging the drum for match play. I think match play always sounds good and looks good on paper. When you get it in action, it always disappoints, in my opinion. Yeah. Bracketed match play. Match yep. play is great for the Ryder Cup, Presidents Cup, whatever. In these events, it never seems to pop, in my opinion. Totally. Yeah, the, the only solution I've seen on match play that might make sense, but it's still convoluted, so I probably would vote against it, is not, you know, the, the natural suggestion would be go to 32, and now you've got a natural uh, a number for match play. They were saying go to 24 and give the top four double buys so that they're essentially in the semifinals or quarterfinals, and everybody else keeps checking down until they get to that. So at least, because the problem with what you just mentioned, Abe, is, you know, one could lose to 32, and then now the whole thing's shot, right? It is really not effective as a match play. Well, also so, TV would say, okay, you're telling me we might be delivered on Sunday as the only golf to watch Adam Shank versus Sepp Straka. No right. offense to either man. And it go, We're not and it going go to, to put that holes. In, Yeah, right. Right. We're, right. Exactly. You'd have to make him play 36. So yeah. I think and I, yeah. the other thing is, you know, you, you, you got there on a certain way. You got there in four round events that's how you yeah. accumulated your points for the year so there's no reason to just all of a sudden do that for the whole entire year and then say now we're going to play match play yeah. all right hole number two quick nine what is the best time for a shotgun start for a charity outing or a tournament i had to redo my bloody horns got rained out we actually went to an eight thirty a.m shotgun it was lovely morning was great golf course said uh, we can accommodate it just fine. That was interesting to me. I didn't mind it, but it felt kind of different. Never done an 8 a.m. shotgun start. Your thoughts? Well, I mean, from an administrative point, it's totally different from a from a playing point. From, from an a admin play- standpoint, is it good or bad? Uh, it's really hard. It's really because hard. Of course, setup. Shotgun. And so the setup on the golf course to cut the greens. And oh, right. You got to get 18 right. holes done by 8 a.m. Instead of. Just one by one by one ahead of the first right. round of play. Yeah, that yeah. was a challenge. We had to wait a little bit longer for that. No question yeah, about no, it. But they liked a, it. They liked it as a public course at the bowl because it allowed them to open up and set tee times for later right. on in the day. Whereas before, they'd have to block off the morning. Which yeah. Well, nice. and if they did a one o'clock shotgun, yeah, we're exactly what the operators thinking, right? So if they did a one o'clock shotgun for you, Zabe, they most likely would do an eight o'clock shotgun for their normal play because they can't do tee times because you're going to take all the holes when you start at your time. I would say from somebody who runs outings and, or runs events that are, that are shotguns, not at my course. So I'm a little bit like a charity in your regard. Um, you know, we prefer, uh, you know, having it all day, but the facility's not going to give that up. Right. So, and, 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 and generally it's cheaper to do it in the morning because for the charity, and not not in our case because we don't do meals, but you you're paying for breakfast and lunch instead of lunch and dinner usually. That's, that's what about a what about a uh, charity event where you get tea times and you don't worry about shotgun? No, because then you don't have a coming together of uh, yeah. pro- uh, silent auction items, dinner. Uh, uh, you could have yeah, you silent, have like four could, hours of tea times. Well, yeah. you could still have the silent auction in the clubhouse, and it would be you get done, you sit down with the people you played with, have a bite to eat, have a drink, and go. And not wait around. To me, the worst part of scrambles is the waiting around for the rubber chicken presentation, dinner, speech. Nobody's got that much time. I'd rather play golf and go. And if you had tee times, then if you couldn't play at one, you might be able to play at 10. 
It really most, depends on the objective. Go ahead, Ron. Most charities based on peer pressure as far yeah. as, you know, buying auction items and things like that. So it's better to have more people. Ah, okay. And you want um, them to drink? Yeah, beforehand? I think personally, 11 o'clock for playing and thinking about kind of the charity itself. 11 o'clock is a good one because it doesn't get you that you can't get home to your family, you know, you know, at 8 o'clock at night. You can play a round of golf. You're done by 4. You can have that little... And I don't believe in full-blown dinners either. Heavy hors d'oeuvres, you get the awards going right away because we're on now computerized golf genius and stuff. You know who won right away. You get it done, and you're out of there at 6 o'clock. And yeah. administrate, if the golf course doesn't give you the whole day, then they're either not charged enough or they're too greedy. Okay, fair enough. Let's go to this whole three. How many free tees from a nice club? How many free tees are too many? Well, I tell you what, Zabe, I just got new tees for River Creek, and they are sweet looking. And I have a bunch in my pocket right now. I think. What do they um, look like? Hold one up. I want to see one. Are they uh, natural wood flavored? They got paint on them. I love now, Ghoul, how they can print very detailed logos in the cup of the wooden tee. It's very classy. Oh, look at that! And that's a a naked natural wood ash. Oh no, it's white, white with stripes on it. Okay, good. Like that. DC in the cup, it's beautiful. Is that a is that a three and a quarter? How long are those? Three and a quarter. Yeah, okay. not too. Long. So you order um, them. You order them by what unit? Well, what does a tea cost wholesale? I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. I know because I said we. This is a class of club that I want to start. I'm creating here, and I don't even bother to look at the cost. We order teas anyways. So I said, if we're going to order teas, we're going to order a high class tea and try to you opulence. Know, Opulence, you yeah. has it. And they're so, wooden teas. They're not plastic, right? They're wooden. Thank yep. God. And plastic teas have no place in my world. So a handful is the answer. Handful might be a little too much. I, I'm one of those guys. We provide MAPJTs, uh, uh, plastic, of course, Zabe, so you won't like them. But uh, at every event, and, and it's amazing to me. So I have my players are all golf pros. They should have plenty of teas. <laughs> Ronos carries his own teas from River Creek. When a guy goes in with the full hand here and goes down like the claw from uh, the machine, that's too many. Okay. I think three or four, you, you grab some, that's going to be a, a, enough for the day. Don't be well, greedy. Well, if they're plastic tees, plastic tees should outlast the nuclear ap- apocalypse. Yep. So you don't need a whole lot of plastic tees. But if you are a wooden tee guy like I am, you need some. And I'm just asking hypothetically hypothetically, in theory, if this may have happened. I, I don't know when it would have, but possibly. <laughs> Let's say a guy played a course that was a very high-end public access course that hosted a, a, a PGA Tour event, and they had very cool tees that had a little tiny lighthouse that was in the little cup of the tee and a little red stripe mm. around the white tee itself, and they were part of the uh, cost of playing the golf course. And even though this particular person, and it's hypothetical, actually got a caddy rate of $40 because he was uh, a guest of someone there, and he didn't even pay the caddy rate because the caddy picked it up because he was such a nice guy. If that same player then asked the caddy to go get him a full 16-ounce beverage cup full of the teas, in theory, hypothetically, is that too many? I'll hang up and listen to your answer off the air. No, you need a year's supply worth. I think that's fine. I think perfectly normal, too. Perfectly normal behavior. Yeah, I had to get. They were so. You should see these Harbor Town teas, Ronas. They're so and we won't name the person, but you you should have definitely done it. They're so minty, they're so gorgeous. I'm with you. Opulence. I'm with you. Okay, hole yeah. number four. Better career, Tom Lehman or Paul Azinger? Go. Well, now with the with the broadcasting, it's Azinger. As far as the the career itself goes, late bloomers uh, who won a major. What are one the major. Both one major each? Right. Yeah. Late bloomers, one major each, both yeah. capped in the Ryder Cup. Zinger won famously pod system and wrote a book about it. Layman did not. I have Zinger's autograph at home because he visited our golf academy in Massachusetts. Uh, so I'm going to go with Zinger because I want that to be worth more. Okay. I feel like it's Layman. I, you know, I don't have any stats for you. I just feel like he was more consistently in the mix than Azinger, but well, I he can't had near misses uh, at the U.S. Open and Augusta. Yeah, so for yeah. that ten-year stretch, he was he was in it he every was there. Yeah, every major. I like them both. You don't really know much about Layman because he's not as public as Zinger. I love Zinger. 
I am completely in the tank for Zinger. Yeah. If I ever meet Azinger and I don't have the most positive experience, I will be crushed. So hopefully that yeah. happens. Okay, yeah. hole number five. Would you rather win $3,000 at a pickleball event or win your A flight of your club championship? Three grand pickleball club championship A flight. Club championship. Yeah, club championship. There's, there's a number out there that I would take pickleball. But yeah, I was going to say five grand. <laughs> do I hear 10? Maybe 10. Okay. Maybe 10 will do it. I agree. Club championships are forever, especially the top flight. Uh, hole yeah. number six, the so-called front pin on greens is number one bullshit. Change my mind. I don't believe in front pins. They are antithetical to golf. Oh, it's a front pin. Well, how am I supposed to land it there? Oh, no. Bounce it up, maybe. Or you just get to have to accept landing it perfectly on the front, and you're still going to have a 15-footer. Absolute trash. Change my mind. I will not. And one of the big reasons is because of the construction of greens and USGA specs are so different from the fringe that if you have a front pin and you're saying, I'm going to bounce it up there, the fringe is most likely going to stop the ball. And if you land it one foot on the green, literally a one foot difference. Really? The ball is 40 feet different. Okay. Because a, a USGA green is constructed versus your, in here anyways, our clay greens, cool. our clay, clay uh, fairways. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I think it's just that, you know, when we talk about uh, course maintenance and all that stuff, you need to be able to move the, the flags around. So front, middle, back, uh, you got to figure out how to play to it. Uh, maybe you need to hit to the middle of the green and suck it back, Save You got to de- develop that shot. But With a uh, six iron? Good luck. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I just think golf calls for all kinds of shots. Normally, when we come to a course, we're setting it up for one day, right? So only time I'm using a front green is a par five that I know you're going to have a short club in your hand on the third shot. And if you want to try to get there in your second shot, you're going to have to hit a hell of a shot, right? So I'm, that's when I'm using the front green. But we still try to do six front, six back, six middle, as well as left and right. Uh, so my, my suggestion is you to change your game and not try to change the uh, game of golf. And I should clarify, are. you know, a front-ish pin, you're right, is necessary. I'm talking about the severe front pin. Is there <laughs> is there a legal definition of what, a pin needs to be from the fringe of the green. Or you, the USGA recommendation is five paces from, from the edge of the green. Paces. Uh, That's paces. 15 feet, roughly. Yeah. That, now, at the U.S. Open, the USGA does not utilize the USGA recommendation because you'll a lot of times see three or four, which is nine to 12. Yee. The definition, Abe, is that pin's ridiculous. Ridiculous. You missed the green with that pin. Yeah. That's what tell. Uh, hole number seven, courtesy of Mr. Ronis. What is the best sandwich at the turn ever to grace a golf course? Not snack, not nibbler, sandwich at the turn. Well, who goes first? It's not my hole. Well, Ronis, you got to go first. You got to tell us what the answer is. 100% chicken salad sandwich. <laughs> Which you, just, you just had one of those during a break. You said it was glorious. It's a, I'm eating one right now. Uh, I'm looking, chicken salad. You know, like, please, I want to eat you. So, yeah, it's chicken salads. And there's different chicken salad grades, too. There's some chicken salads that are just way better than others. Yeah. I love chicken salad sandwich. Careful, don't get, one actually, of those, don't get one of those gas station chicken sandwiches. You could be in for a long day in the bathroom if that's, that's the right. case. Mayo in the sun, not not a good mix. But uh, I, I, I will mostly agree. I actually like chicken salad in a cup, which a lot of clubs do yep. now uh, with that, um, because you can't get something greasy. I, I, I know, Zabe, you love the hot dog, but you got to have a towel ready because you got to wipe your hands before you play. This is an at-the-turn thing. Uh, yeah, The burger, the hot dog is a little rough for me there. Too heavy. Uh, I'm too picky about my sandwiches at the turn uh, with you know lettuce and mayo and uh, tomatoes. So I my go-to is best would be a bratwurst in a pretzel bun with ketchup. The ketchup is a blasphemous thing for those who say it yeah. should only be mustard on a bratwurst. And a lot of people say that a bratwurst or a hot dog is not a sandwich. So stop yeah. calling it a sandwich. And that's another argument for another day. But let's move on. Yeah. Hole Fair number enough. eight. Does anybody still put a line on their golf ball with a marker bef- you know, to make sure they can uh, line it up putting-wise. Is that still a thing? Yeah. I never did it. Yeah. yeah. yeah I see it all the time. Yeah. 
Okay. Good. And now, now the manufacturers are just putting it on them themselves. Some of them yeah. are, not yeah. all of them. Some yeah. are putting bigger lines on them. Okay, that's still a thing. Do they yeah, still Callaway make, triple track, right? Do they still make the little uh, cup you put on there to help guide? Yep, it? I, I see you guys do it all the time, and and then, then I get guys come to the tee that hey, I don't have one. Do you have an extra? And I'll try to find them one. Yeah, really? what a nice guy. Okay, yeah. and then finally, <laughs> hole number nine, courtesy of Mister Ghoul. What is your favorite, most memorable, Ryder Cup moment? I got a good one, but I'll go last. I mean, it has to be Justin. Just, not Justin Thomas, Justin Leonard making that putt. I mean, it was in my backyard. It was in Brookline, and it was just – it was unbelievable. I have a second-place one, but I'll let you guys go first. Well, the most gracious thing was Nicholas conceding the putt to Tony Jacklin, which he said you weren't going to miss it anyway, but I wasn't going to see you miss it in front of your home fans. Of course, it was only for the U.S. to retain the cup and a tie yeah. instead of actually losing, which, you know, Jack probably would have never given it. Otherwise, just right. saying, hey, I would have made that guy putt that for sure. So that's one of the most iconic sportsmanship moments. Obviously, the Leonard putt is huge. I mentioned the Darren Clark coming out to the first tee uh, in Ireland uh, to fans, tears in his eyes and just pumping one down the middle. Absolutely epic right there. There's so many good ones to choose from. So many good ones from Valhalla, where finally the Americans came through again. There's a lot of interesting guys on the team. Anthony Kim, who is now residing in the uh, you know cold case files of where did that guy go? Uh, Boo Weekly riding the fake horse on his driver down the fairway after hitting a drive. What a fun Ryder Cup that one was. It's all good. I love the whole thing. Uh, of course, you know, you had war at the shore with, you know, poor Calcavecchia breaking down in tears, going to try to drown himself in the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> it's just it's such a great event, even though it's great. an exhibition. Ronis, or Ghoul, go ahead, close us out today. Yeah, so, so mine one's a little bit more personal. Um, so uh, when I started work for the PGA in 95, uh, I, one of the things I wanted to do, I, I, I get access to the Ryder Cup, is start going to those. So I went 95, 97. 99 and um, 2002, right? Because that the year it, it moved, yeah. I think it is. Anyway, um, 95, I had just started with PJ, so nobody knew who I was. And we had hosted the US Open at Congressional that year. And I worked for NBC Sports. So I got an armband that said NBC Sports on it. And I kept it. And I went to the Ryder Cup. And because nobody knew who I was, I put that band on and was inside the ropes. So my favorite memory of that was, um, I can't remember which hole, Oak Hill, 15 or so. They had a section kind of like 13 Augusta where the crowd is only on one side of the fairway. And then uh, you get to the green and there's, you know, the players and a few people behind the green that are inside the ropes. And the three people that were inside the ropes on that hole were Captain Bernard Gallagher, Prince Albert, and me. We were the three standing behind the green. Prince Albert. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, that's so incredible! It was, it was fantastic, you know. And then, and then by the next time, the next Ryder Cup came along, enough people at PGA knew who I was that they they would have seen me and said, "You don't belong there. Get the hell out." So it was perfect, perfect uh, confluence of events for me. Yeah, that's a good oh. one right there. I also forgot, you know, and not to because I kind of, I kind of did Lanny Watkins dirty earlier today. Um, Lanny, when his conc- Lanny's concession speech, yeah, that was at uh, Palm Beach Gardens, right? In, no, it was the War, Shore, War at the Shore. It was it. Lanny Tiro. made one there. Okay, I, I think Lanny also made a key point at Palm Beach Gardens in the early '80s, before the Ryder Cup got huge. He was playing with Calvin Pete that year, as a matter of fact. Wow. Um, no, it was Lanny Watkins' concession speech at Oak Hill, uh, which he choked up. And uh, Jacqueline, ever the gracious competitor, comes over and says, "Let me help you out there, Lanny. I've been there. I've done that." Good stuff there. See, it's it's a sporting event that is meant to promote the game of golf as a gentleman's game. And I want it to always remain that. And enough of this obsessing about winning and task forces and everyone's going to get picks and everything else. <sighs> Can't wait. Boys, uh, we are heading into the best time of the year to play golf. We're going to take it a is. couple weeks off from the show. We're going to do a pre-Ryder Cup show and a post-Ryder Cup show. And they're going to be absolutely crackerjack shows like today's has been anything to add before we're done today i do not okay go. you're out you got to go back and run the course boys as always thank you very much enjoy the rest of your afternoon thank you for listening to the capital golf gang presented by golfdom get into golfdom tyson's corner rockville and annapolis and get all the gear you need to play this wonderful game we will see you next time this has been the capital golf gang on the team 980 
If you'd like the gang to visit your home course, send your inquiries to Zabe at Yahoo.com. That's C-Z-A-B-E at Yahoo.com. Or visit the show page at www.theteam980.com. And for free swag, we're all in extra large. So yeah, thanks for the shirts. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.